we're working with business owners who are typically self-made. And as a result of that self-made, they're holding it all in. They're trying to keep it together. They're working so hard on being strong. In some cases, maybe they don't have that internal confidence to be an expert in all the areas that you need to be in as a small business owner. And so when they open themselves up, it almost feels like a failure. It almost feels like that they're... Um, so that, that for me was a particularly important and, and something that resonated. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. Today's episode features our managing partner, Brian Nolan and director of operations, Catherine Freeman for a highlights conversation on a recent summit retreat that brought our team and a group of engaged and dynamic business owners to the beautiful, expansive final frontier. We're talking about Alaska. Catherine and Brian had the opportunity to each lead a group through facilitated discussions, focusing on leadership, succession, the primary aim, and of course, crafted an agenda that incorporated the great outdoors. Because with intense work comes intense play. And with an underlying theme of sharing and engaging in vulnerability, inspired by Brene Brown's work, Daring Greatly, we tapped into experiential learning relationship building, and challenged our personal growth through release of shared experiences and intentionality on the future. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Thank you, Molly. Brian Nolan here with my director of operations, Catherine Freeman. Welcome, Catherine. So happy to be here, always. Back from Alaska, and that's what this podcast is about, the summit retreat in Alaska. Uh, we, we just got back a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah. Uh, we spent, uh, well, I, I was there a better part of two weeks. Oh, we yeah, too. yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. yeah. So surreal. Yeah, so uh, we went to Alaska with a legacy group, um, also a women's own business group. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went there because uh, Meg and Paul Cook own an Elk Ranch, uh, something like 315 plus acres of bliss, beautiful countryside. Bliss. It bliss is the right word. I mean, it's just overwhelming. It's so beautiful. Mountains in the background, Mm -hmm. um, uh, over 80 elk out there. turkeys and chickens and fields and just amazing, huh? Yeah, it was it was literally a dream. And, and so uh, Paul and I have been talking about um, getting there for several years. I, I guess he bought, they bought the ranch like three years ago, mm-hmm. and it is a, is a, a great place to learn. Um, but is there a shout out that you want to give? Oh, yeah. So, you know, well, of course, Paul and Meg for for doing this and oh, providing yeah. the impetus for us to be there. But also Maureen Richards and our uh, did such an amazing job of coordinating this particular event. It was far away, very complicated, a lot of details, and she handled it with such grace and professionalism. And she never stopped smiling, not once. She did. She never looked straight. No. I think she was like the duck. Uh, Calm on the outside, but the legs are paddling. That's down exactly right. The water. That's exactly right. Because uh, she she always looked like she was on it, and there was a lot mm-hmm. of adjustment to do. Yeah. Um, what what this was is a uh, continuation of what we call summit adventures. Uh, 
Uh, it really started in 2018 mm-hmm. when I brought a, uh, a group of contractors, we brought a group of contractors um, to Whitney Lake in the Pocono Mountains in PA uh, to get to um, a place where you could mix uh, nature and learning, um, self-awareness that can occur in a creative environment like that, a space uh, for, for pulling up and looking down at your business to be more intentional about where you want to go. It's a, it's a place where we want mastermind groups in the future to be able to get out of the office, out of a conference room, out of a hotel, and be able to uh, share um, what their future looks like. And uh, I think that worked. It sure did. It it worked really well in Whitney Lake, and it worked really well when you did the adventure in San Juan Islands. Yeah. And I mean, Alaska was sort of the pinnacle of that because it was a larger group of people. And I mean, it just it just showed what we what we could do and the positive results that could come out of it. So, so what we do is we spend the first half of the day. Um, we were outside around a lake uh, and. Um, Everybody was sharing uh, one of sort of three themes, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, but first, uh, what, Catherine, was the main sort of theme around this retreat? Well, it, it came from the book Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. And um, I think, you know, sort of sort of being in, a, in an area where everything is so beautiful, but also so disconnected from your regular life, right, allowed you to really explore that idea of what it means to be daring greatly. And the root of that, of course, is being vulnerable. Um, and I mean, I, re- I remember, you know, this is something that I've, I've felt so strongly and passionately about for years that vulnerability is actually strength. Um, and what she writes is vulnerability is not weakness. And the uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure we face every day are not optional. And that, for me, is, in a business context, the very root of what we need to be doing, isn't it? Yeah, and isn't it counterintuitive, though? It is. You, you spend a lifetime hiding your weaknesses. You do, you do. And that's actually something that she um, talks about, that you know, so many, so many leaders think about vulnerability and then sort of equate it with oversharing, right? Oversharing, and, and certainly in our culture these days, there's, I mean, you, you can't turn around without people oversharing. Um, but it's not about oversharing. It's about sort of meeting people where, where you are as a leader. And oftentimes we are not, we're not, we don't think of ourselves as being capable of doing that. Or if we share, hey, listen, I don't really know if this was the right decision to make that all of a sudden your leadership is going to be in question. Well, that's not the case. <laughs> it's really not. Right. I would say, oh, I, I say that vulnerability is the number one leadership skill. It's, it's people will follow vulnerable people. They will. Everybody knows when you make a mistake as a leader. Yeah, uh, but if you hide the fact, then they think you're you're an egomaniac. Yeah, and and you're a narcissistic, whatever. Right. But when you're vulnerable, people appreciate that because they know you're human. Yeah. Uh, they will they will respect you. But if you pretend you're infallible, you're in trouble. Right. And and you know, make no mistakes that when when you do make a mistake or when you've maybe made a decision that you need to sort of pull back and reevaluate and make a different decision. If you're not vulnerable about it, people still see it. Yeah. 
You think that you're like covering your tracks really well, but you're not. People see it. And and the book went really deep into this this concept of shame. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all have shame somewhere. Oh, yeah. I challenge the people listening to this to say, I, I've got no shame. Just look back at your life when you were a kid, when, you know, things you've done wrong. And vulnerability sheds shame. Mm-hmm. When you can be vulnerable, the shame goes away. And as an older adult, I've experienced that. And it feels really good to shed shame. It does. It really does. <laughs> Maybe that's something that you you feel comfortable with after 40. Maybe, maybe it takes that <laughs> long. To get to 40, to yeah, feel good yeah. about that. Uh, and so we, we opened up uh, each session with this. Uh, mm-hmm. We... Um, on the morning uh, of, of the first session, uh, we had each person go around and share with us their biggest mistake. Yeah. Um, and or thing they would do differently or big, a biggest failure and what they've learned from it. And sort of in true vulnerable fashion, I went first. And I every time I do that, someone goes, Oh, we're going to get that vulnerable. Oh, that's where we're going, right? Oh, (laughs) wow. I got to rethink mine. I didn't have a good one. Um, I I, I shared something that was, uh, I moved my family to Maine um, when Molly was, I don't know, 12 or 13. And uh, it was for a company. And and I knew that I should open my own business. I knew it. I had this rock in, in my shoe. Uh, but I moved my family. I lived, I uprooted the roots of a tree. And Molly said to me, uh, Dad, you can go to Maine. I'm going to live with Rachel. <laughs> and we were, we were living in Maryland at the time. We had been there five years, and our roots were deep. I mean, friendships, uh, everything about the whole area. And we moved, and I regretted it. Um, and uh, P.S., I started, uh, I started Nolan Consulting two years later. Um, but I didn't have to put my family through that. So... It was a failure, but then we said, well, what, what did you learn f- from that? Uh, and I learned to honor the rock in my shoe. Yeah. I, I learned to honor it. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you open up, Catherine, with the vulnerable story? We did. So um, we had a, a, a smaller group of people. You know, you're, you, you had a, a fairly large group, and maybe that impacted, you know, your, your working conversations, but we had a smaller group. And as a result, we we were able to go really deep, not only in professional, but in personal as well. And, you know, so that, that and I did, I went first and I shared both a professional and a, and a personal um, story. And yeah, you could see the women in the group and you could see them sort of like, Oh yeah, and and um, actually something that um, I think it was Tracy who said, like she was a little worried coming into the group about like connecting with people and and being able to discuss some of the things that were on our agenda and and would it be genuine? And it was because of that. It was because we immediately sort of laid our souls bare and really went into the conversation with like. Okay, here it is. The good, the bad, the ugly. Trust. It was. It yeah. was a good trust, trust exercise. Trust is it, it, it changes the whole dynamic. People put their guards down yeah. and um, share so much. I mean, in, in our group, there were things shared about, um, I wish I had addressed an employee issue sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, avoiding a difficult conversation. Um, something I did as a younger person that I regret. Um, but... Uh, by sharing it, um, the group opened up, and 
um, we wish we had more time to I- explore the book. Oh right? yeah, more. Oh yeah, um, daring greatly. So let's just hit a couple parts of the book that I think each of us found uh, pretty pretty interesting. Do you have a part that? You want to point out, Catherine? Well, I did mention the vulnerability versus oversharing. I mean, because I think that 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 is something, particularly in the industry that we're in, with the business owners that we have. You know, we're 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 working with business owners who are typically self-made, and as a result of that self-made, they're holding it all in. They're trying to keep it together. They're working so hard on being strong. In some cases, maybe they don't have that internal confidence to be an expert in all the areas that you need to be in as a small business owner. And so when they open themselves up, it almost feels like a failure. It almost feels like that they're... Um, so that, that for me was a particularly important and, and something that resonated. Um, but I, you know, also because I was working with a group of business, um, women leaders, right. I also felt like part of the book, um, she does address women, women and, and this special sort of a part of vulnerability. And, and I think one of the things that we didn't actually talk about that I wished we had time to do was sort of that classic conundrum that, that women face about, um, being, being sensitive, but not too sensitive, being the emotional heartstone of a business, but don't cry at work, you know, be, be strong and say what you need to say, but make sure that you, you know, say it in the right way so that it's heard in the right way or said differently, you know, I have a high voice. Am I? Are my words being discounted just because they come out in a high voice? Like so, there's there's some real sort of meat there about being a woman in leadership that that she addresses, and that terrific. I wish we really, really wish we had time to That's talk about terrific. it. Yeah, next time we will. I have a couple. Yeah. There's a, a, a chapter on feedback, and um, the uh, statement started out: "Vulnerability is the heart of the feedback process." And what I loved is this. Um, concept when you sit down to give someone feedback, um, are they armoring up? Are they putting on, on their armor? Uh, or are you on the same side of the table? And where the employee understands that the feedback is meant to improve them, to make them the best that they can be, right. and you, that's the agenda that you have here. And um, there's a great quote that said, um, without feedback, there can be no transformative change. And this whole topic of feedback is about protecting against vulnerability right. and uh, guarding up. And think if if I'm weak, I'm going to get I'm going to get fired. But let's spend time on what's left in, not left out. Uh, so I mean, I mean, you and I have had some some great feedback sessions. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I, I think we have a similar coaching style. We do. Um, so I think we were have been able to give each other feedback on. You know, how tough are we? How much are we holding each other accountable? And I've, I've seen you get into sort of, get into role. <gasps> right, me, the Wonder Woman pose, right? Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> and you said, and you, you even have a, a quote, some member whose name you don't have to say is not paying you to... Oh, yeah, uh, right. Um, it actually, when we moved to this office, I lost that, it was a little piece of paper, Um um, yeah, somebody is not paying is not paying me, they, or I should say, they are paying me to be direct, concise, and clear. Exactly, and that's it. I yeah. mean, you know, that's yeah. that's what we need to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, with you, I, I've 
I got I got so lucky. You were like a you were like a diamond in the rough, uh, <laughs> and you, you covered were. in charcoal. And, I, and, I, and so um, my whole objective over any feedback that right. I, I've given you is to make you terrific. Yeah. And uh, now you're director of operations, right. and you do so much more better than me. Right. So now you give me feedback. Quite I often. <laughs> You know, when you were in yeah. that meeting and you said that, that, that didn't come off the right way. Right. Uh, I've gotten that a couple of times. Yeah, so I kind yeah, of right. know when I'm in trouble with Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, just to uh, reference another book, Crucial Conversations. I mean, you start with heart. Part, part of the whole vulnerability challenge is, is giving yourself permission to, to care, right? And so many times we hold ourselves back from caring about the people that we're working with. And if you're not caring, then you're not starting off on the same side of the table. That's right. Yeah. The other uh, chapter that really hit me hard was great. It was called Mind the Gap. Um, This gap refers to, uh, in Britain, a train stations gap between the train and the walkway. And so there's a sign that says, mind the gap. And uh, the way Brene Brown um, refers to it is the disengagement divide uh, or the gap, that, that space between practice values, what we're actually doing and thinking and feeling, and our aspirational values, what we want to do, think, and fear. And this is where she went into work shame Mm-hmm. a little bit and uh really the fear of introducing a new idea the fear of speaking up oh, yeah. uh, and uh the response someone may get if they say something that's not liked by the owner or the leader of any kind uh so shame breeds fear crushes vulnerability it kills engagement Catherine, what's my top value <gasps> oh engagement it fascinates me i know Engagement, engagement fascinates me. It's it's when you find the red threads in people, and there's no shame. Uh, it's there's just ideas, and uh, she goes into a lot of work shame issues. And I think as I went through, it gave me a lot of notes about yeah. what I want to uh, coach around. Yeah. So then, um, what did you do after that? So that was it? We just sort of went there to play? or We went there to play. I mean, there were all these cool people that we were with. Another shout out to Gladys Kabori because she did yoga in the morning. I mean, like, we had so much fun. But there was work. Not only was there work, but there was pre-work. Not only was there pre-work and work, but there's still work to be done, right? <laughs> I mean, this this... We, we talk about how much fun it was, but like on a, on a personal level, this was an intense amount of work to prepare for, work through, follow up on. I mean, it was... Transformational for me. Transformational. Yeah. I mean, transformational. Absolutely. Yeah. Transformational. What, so what were the work themes that women-owned business leaders talked about? So, so there were, uh, I think you had three themes, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I added a fourth theme to that. So, so we were doing, um, I think you did succession planning, leadership and organizational development, primary aim. And then we added women in leadership. Um, again, the, we had a smaller, we had a smaller group. Um, and in retrospect, I mean, we, we might have been able to add one or two to that group and, and been able to handle it um, and being able to handle 
sort of content-wise having one or two more. But I got to tell you, it was really nice to have that small, intimate setting because we were able to have larger conversations and double that up with one-on-one work for each business. So, of course, when we're doing a session like this, it's about making sure that we have the strategic hour covered, that somebody is prepared to work through a topic. We have the topics outlined. Um, We meet with our participants ahead of time to explore questions, document what they want to hit with other business owners, really make sure that they're doing the work to make this event fruitful. Um, and then we let the magic happen, right? Yeah. Oh, we did. We did. And people give input to each other. And Mm -hmm. of course, once trust is built, then you can challenge someone. So my, uh, group, so we had 11, Mm -hmm. uh, and and so each person had, uh, a full hour over two days, the first day to introduce a topic, second day, uh, to, to ask the big questions and get input, um, so as you're listening to, to this podcast, I'd like you to think which of these three you would fit into. Succession planning. Um, are you at the point where you're inside of seven years and you're thinking, how am I going to exit? What am I going to do next? Um, so that was one of them. And uh, we had a few people who were in that, in that category, and uh, we had them fill out an exploratory survey um, we had them raise questions about how I'm going to instill urgency in my team after I leave, how I'm going to fund my exit, uh, what's the next chapter look like, am I going to develop a board of directors? Uh, so they would raise those questions and, 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 and speak to different options, and then the rest of the group would ask. Or number two, are you in the, I want to scale, I want to lead, am I at a point where I want to get input from the group on... Um, how to be, be the best leader, or what my organizational structure needs to look like when we're double the size. Uh, and uh, these, these folks had to fill out assessments in advance that they really were able to evaluate where they lead well and where they don't and what could be an obstacle to uh, their, their growth. If anybody listening to this wants a copy of any of these, uh, I had four different surveys that I gave them, and I'm glad to uh, send them out. And the third group um, is the primary aim focus. These are people that really wanted to make sure that they had uh, a balance of life and were being more intentional and not letting business um, take over their life that, their life, that the business was serving their life. And so they had to fill out things like, what are the five things in five years that if they're happening are making me happy? And uh, so, as you can tell, these these were not uh, small topics, and no. people walked away with transformational things, and they almost uh, match Molly our um, our our three different entry points into Nolan Consulting. Uh, now, uh, am I going to be growth oriented? Am I talking about succession? Or am I talking about a business plan around balancing my life? So we've developed these. These, these three different programs. Yeah. So that was fun. It was fun. It yeah. was fun. And we, so we did the, the fourth session that we had was about women and leadership. And, and, you know, when, when I put out the questions to the group, um, I really sort of expected everybody to be able to choose something that was 
meaningful for them. And every single person said, I want to talk about women in leadership. So we did. We had to make it a, a group discussion because some of the things that we talked about were, you know, how do you lead heart versus head? Um, and how do you define strength? Uh, in a, what about being a woman in the industries that we serve? I mean, we're, we're talking about predominantly male Industries. What about being a woman in a business with a strong personality well, husband? Right. So that, that was, there was definitely, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about that. You know, in, a, in when you are the spouse and co owner of a business, but your spouse is maybe a high D profile yeah. and maybe you're a high I profile or maybe you're a high C profile. And how do you get yourself heard there without jeopardizing a personal relationship? Oh, I mean, I that's. You know, that's those are those are tricky waters to to navigate. Um, so it was it was a really fruitful experience, and I think um, I, I I I hope that the women who left left with with their own takeaways from not only their explorations of succession planning and primary aim, but from you know what it what it looks like there. Yeah, you know, I I really wanted. Um mastermind groups to become closer. I wanted each attendee to feel to feel supported as well as getting clarity in one of these areas. Everybody knows one of my main objectives here is that the masterminds become strong, that people wouldn't dream of missing a mastermind event, that they know each other's goals, passages, and struggles, uh, that they're helping each other become better. Uh, I desperately want that. And, and when you can take a um, intense work play relationship uh, spot like this, right. and it just it amplifies and expedites this glue that that the mastermind way comes about when they leave, they know each other so much better and the hugs and, and things and the follow ups, we've already had had some of that go on, right. Um, and so what what do we do? Uh, did we do we do that all day long? Catherine, oh my gosh, no. So we had so we we had three days of content, right? Three days of content. We started out after three half days of three content. Three half days of content. I'm, I'm I was getting there. Sorry, sorry. We started in the afternoon one day and then moved over, of course, to Megan Paul's in order to have a lovely out outdoor experience, barbecue. Boy, the light situation in Alaska is tricky because you know it's nine, ten o'clock at night, and it's still so sunny. And Seems you're like three like, o'clock. I know it's 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 a challenge to get used to. Um, but 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 that was day one. It was a half day. The next day was another half day when we did something fun in the afternoon, and we did a hike at Hatcher's Pass, and then stopped at a lodge and had some snacks. A lodge that was nooked in the middle of the mountains. Oh my I mean, god! It was, was like it? being in the sound of oh, <laughs> right, so the sound of music. Right, and you the, just expected her Julie Andrews to come out singing. <laughs> and the weather was beautiful, seventy-five degrees. It was so gorgeous. No humidity. Everybody yeah. hiked, uh, yeah. but you know you can go on an easy hike or not, right? It was amazing. Yeah, and you know it's a it's a pattern interrupt, right? And I mean we're we're always worried in in our world we're always worried about bringing value, right? We're, we we want to make sure that we're ahead of the game, that we're always doing plus one, that we're never ever on the negative side of value. And so it's it's hard to imagine, right? If we're going to Alaska, we gotta bring our A game. We gotta have content out the wazoo, right? But but the break there, that going from content time into hiking time allowed for the right conversations. But that's the 
conversations continue yeah. um, on one-on-ones, follow-ups. And so for all you executive teams out there, management teams um, that are getting ready for your planning retreats, I, I um, encourage you to uh, not go past one or two o'clock and to do something together, you know, some activity, whether it's a hike or a, a winery or sitting around a beautiful bench uh, where people can just relax and talk and the ideas start to uh, really bubble up from what was talked about earlier. Right. That, that ends up being where the relationships get solid, the learning continues, and creativity. So that's, that's this idea of in, intense work and play and how play can amplify the creativity. Right. That's here. Right. And, I mean, if you think about the collection of business owners that we typically work with, by and large, that's, they need that, right? We need it as people to not be sitting down for 12 hours and putting our thinking caps on. We need to have a little bit of a break in order to make those synapses fire. Yeah. And we're in a place like Alaska you're forced to do it because you can't go to Alaska and not hike. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't go to yeah. Alaska and, oh. and not see the glaciers. I mean, that oh. was just silly, right? So, so you know, choosing a destination like that um, allows for that pattern interrupt to be built in and to honor the kind of thinking that we want to have happen. So um, one of the days we did glacier hiking. We did glacier hiking. Everybody, I guess there's 25 of us, we right. put on crampons. We did. And we hiked deep in a glacier. And uh, this may seem overly simple, but I think the coolest thing that I saw outside of the moose and the antelope and the elk and, right. and things was the guide who looked like um, someone out of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Sure did. Cornelius, mm -hmm. right, with the beard and all. Yep. He took out this little screw and he went to this, to this glacier mountain and he screwed it in and then he put a knob on it and next thing you know, water comes pouring out of this glacier. Fresh water. He goes, that's a thousand year old water. Yeah. That was just blew my mind. It was delicious. It was delicious. delicious. Every, pure as pure it could be. Every single one of us stuck our head yeah. right underneath that oh. thing because it was just, I mean, it was a once in a lifetime experience, right? And then after, then we had lunch and we had, had some sharing at, at lunch and then some of us went white water rafting at level three slash four. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when we saw the baby moose along the side. Yeah. Uh, and then other of us who don't have height anxiety, like <laughs> you and my wife, what did I, you do? Height anxiety. We went ziplining. Nice. We went ziplining. Um, and I do. I have a little bit of height anxiety, which is exactly why I did it. I was like, that, that's nonsense. I'm not going to not do something. Um, and, oh, uh, it was just so beautiful. So just so beautiful. If, if you haven't been sort of captivated by by this Alaska preview, I'll, I'll keep going. Uh, then some of us, after it ended, many of us kept going on the Alaskan Railroad, went up to Denali. Yeah. Uh, and uh, hikes around there. Some we did of us hikes, took yeah. um, airplane rides up on a, on a four-seater and seeing Mount uh, Denali, I guess it's called now. Mm -hmm. It used to be McKinley. Um, and so was Epic. And uh, we we share this as as lots of reasons. It's it's a great state, the final frontier. Go there. 
Uh, Go there. And visit the cooks. Uh, I'm oh, yeah, sure right. they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll put you up, I'm sure. They've got that great little little tiny house that doesn't have any uh, woods, plumbing. A mile back. Well, they have a bigger house, too. Oh, they have a bigger <laughs> house. But it's the little house without the plumbing that you need to stay in. And oh, then, then you're, you know, you're sort of... It's a hunter's cabin that's a mile back that my brother, Kevin, and his wife, Mary Fran, stayed at the whole week. They loved Very it. Very happily. They loved it. Very happily. Um so we do this for uh, to see the world. We do this for community. We do this for learning. Um, uh, our vision is to have mastermind groups in the future. They, they don't all have to be action-oriented. No. But they will be fun, uh, a lot of nature-oriented, certainly, whether it's a cabin somewhere where people can learn. So it's coming. Yeah, and I, I you know, the, the action-oriented, I think, is worth – worth hitting. I mean, we had, we had people who varying in interest levels oh, and yeah. stuff, but the, the point is to, the point is to separate yourself from your day to day. And even if that separation means you're not going to go on a, you know, 15 mile hike, you're still not in your home or your office or doing the day to day stuff. That's the point. Even if you're sitting around a pond yeah. and talking or whatever the yeah. case may be, because you can't forget that your business needs to serve your life. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you don't get away, you're not going to be able to see that. Right. You're too engrossed in, in the business. Right. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I felt like I was living my primary aim. I yeah, right. It. I, I was living Every it. day. So, uh, thanks, Catherine. That was fun. It was fun. It was fun. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's doing something like this allows us to relive it. I actually can feel what it was like to be there. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, I know next year we got something planned. We're working on We're going to do something exciting. Some Who people are talking about Costa Rica. Uh, <laughs> other people <laughs> talking about the Cascade Mountains. Uh, Maureen's going to be very busy. You know, she got a full a full time role now as program manager. And, yeah, right. Uh, I, we intend to match REI and being an adventure company. Oh yeah, you know? Molly wants to hear that. <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> thanks. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.